G'day everyone and welcome to episode 4 of the SpudFit podcast with Adam Guthrie. What an honour it was to sit down with Adam. He was a, he's an amazing, inspirational guy with, a, with an incredible story to tell and it's a real pleasure to be able to share that with you today. I met Adam at the Dr. Kim Williams Symposium. Uh, he was one of the speakers there and he really uh, really did a great job of inspiring and motivating the room and I, I think uh, drew more than a few tears out of the audience too. So, And he did it again during this podcast just quietly. Uh, so I'm really excited to share this conversation with you. I, I really enjoyed uh, talking to Adam. I could talk to him all day long uh, and I... I think just his his message is one that needs to be heard and especially for those that are, have suffered with heart disease of any kind. This is a, a really amazing and inspirational story of recovery. Before we get onto that though, if you want to find out more about me and what I'm doing, then you can go to www.spudfit.com and you can... Uh, there we've got books for sale and we've got t-shirts for sale. You can buy a book called the DIY Spud Fit Challenge, which will help you to do your own Spud Fit Challenge. It's got uh, all sorts of information about the uh, the hows, whys and all of that to do with uh, doing your own Spud Fit Challenge, as well as lots of uh, psychological tips and tips for dealing with cravings. That's at spudfit.com. Also, I have to thank my wife, Mandy Van Zanen, for doing the, uh, the theme music for this podcast, which you'll hear in just a second when I shut my big fat mouth. Uh, until then, uh, if you're interested in finding out more about her, then you can go to mandyvanzanen.com and, uh, and you'll learn more about her and the amazing music that she's made in her past and continues to make. Thank you, Mandy. All right. Adam Guthrie, episode four of the SpudFit podcast. Here we go. We're on. I'm, uh, we're talking with Adam Guthrie. I spoke with Adam Guthrie a, a little bit last night at a, a Dr. Kim Williams event, a Nutrition in Healthcare Symposium. And uh, I was going to start telling your story for you then, but I should hear it from you, shouldn't I? So, Adam. Maybe for you to share it. <laughs> the experience well, last night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, before we start, though, I have to explain that uh, for the other interviews I've done, I've had a lot of, uh, well, not a lot of time, but I've at least done some research before we started, and uh, and I've had some notes in my book of things, topics I wanted to cover and questions, but this sort of came up spur of the moment. So uh, I've heard you talk last night, and apart from that, I don't really know a whole lot about you. So let's wing it and see what happens, <laughs> eh? Sounds good. <laughs> we'll get to know each other. Yeah, yeah. All Great. right. So who is Adam Guthrie? Who's Adam Guthrie? It's <laughs> a big question. It is. Um, I'll probably start that with um, who am I now? Because there's been a, been a lot of shifts over the last 30 years. Yeah. And But who am I now? I'm a person who... I'm a heart attack... Who am I now? I'm a, a heart attack survivor. That's what yeah. I am. And now I share um, that story of how I recovered from a heart attack yeah. to give people some inspiration and hope and know that there's another way of 
um, healing rather than just taking medications. Yeah. And I'm really committed to sharing with people on how they can reverse heart disease um, through a whole food plant-based diet because yeah. that's exactly what I did. And I was able to get off all medications yeah. within six to 12 months of being having a heart attack. And then I went on to do an Ironman triathlon. I was yeah. 110 kilos yeah, yeah. and now I'm 80 kilos. Yeah. So it's been a quite interesting journey. Yeah. And now and I share that with people and teach them how to. Yeah. And I was, I was lucky enough to be in the audience last night while you shared your story with a, a large group of people. And um, yeah, it was a really moving story and I enjoyed listening to it and it was inspiring. And uh, yeah, that's the chance to sit down with you and talk more about it. It was uh, something I, I couldn't pass up. Once, uh, <laughs> <laughs> once a, a spot in my calendar opened up on my busy schedule. Uh, yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm totally... Uh, I'm inspired after hearing that story. Oh, and and uh, yeah, I've said a few times now that last year, I'm spud fit, you know, last year was all about the spuds. This year, it's time to put the fit in spud fit. So I'm especially uh, interested in hearing about, you know, your training for your Ironman and things like that. But let's let's take it back to the beginning. Uh, so you, you talked about uh, a, a surfing morning, your mate rang you up one morning. So tell, <laughs> tell us what happened. Yeah, a mate rang me one morning back in 2009. He said, Adam, the surf's up. I'll meet you in the car park yeah. in 15 minutes down at the beach. Yeah. So I went down there and the surf is huge. No one's out, but the car park's full, everyone yeah. watching the surf. And he and I decided to go out with a couple of other mates. We paddled yeah. out and I um, paddled into the first wave yeah. and um, caught a nice wave. And as I was paddling back out, I saw on the horizon this huge swell building and yeah. I thought to myself if I don't get over these waves yeah. I'm going to be in a lot of trouble this is already quite interesting <coughs> to me this this point because you said you were 110 kilos you know 35 odd kilos overweight mm. uh, and was that right 30 35 anyway mm, yeah. you were way too heavy yeah and um, but you're still an active guy you're out surfing and you know yeah, you've got to be reasonably fit to be out surfing i know? wasn't that fit and no? okay. and i in actual fact i always used to ride a short board and okay. i'd just gone to a long board because yeah, okay. i couldn't, <laughs> couldn't paddle the short board anymore yeah, yeah right and um, maybe it couldn't hold you up so well yeah either. that's right and that's what that's yeah. what scared me because yeah. with a long board in really big surf yeah hard to handle hard yeah. to handle yeah. and um and I think to myself, gosh, if I don't get over these waves, I'm going to like, I don't know if you've ever experienced um, being held under waves yeah, for a long yeah. time. Yeah, I've surfed as well. Yeah. Probably, maybe not as much as you, but I've surfed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, um, it, you know, I was scared that if I didn't get over, I'm not fit. I haven't been doing any exercise for a long time. I'd have a surf maybe once a month, and, but okay. it would be small surf and fun. Yeah. But I, I've surfed since I was 12, so yeah. I'm quite competent surfer. I wouldn't say yeah. I'm a great surfer. Um, you know what you're doing now. But, but yeah. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. I have fun doing it. That's what it's all about. Yeah, yeah. But I do like big surf. I like to yeah. um, paddle into um, bigger waves yeah. than smaller ones. And um, I thought if I don't get out of these waves, I'm going to be in a lot of trouble being held under. And so I, I thought I don't want that to happen. So I wanted to paddle out as fast as I could. Yeah. So I paddled, got over the first one and got over the second one and paddled, 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 got over the third one. And then the fourth one was the biggest of the set, which yeah. is always the case in yeah, surfing. Yeah. And I got over that um, third one and then the other one's like a mountain and I'm paddling up yeah. it. And just as it starts to curl over, 
Yeah. That's the danger zone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's when you're going to get flipped on your <laughs> yeah, back. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and I thought I've got to give it everything. I gave it everything, and I punched yeah. through the lip of the wave, got to the other side, and then bang, I got this pain in my chest, and yeah. it went down my arm. And I thought to myself, I'd pulled a muscle. And yeah. Um, anyway, it, the pain was there I for a bit. Wonder if that's a common thing. I don't know people that have had heart attacks. Is it common? To, I guess. Yeah, if you're sitting on the couch, you're not going to think you pulled a muscle from sitting on the couch, are you? No, so, you're not. Yeah, it's, right. pad, it's paddling like that. You thought, oh god, I've just pushed it too hard. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, that and it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I went in, came home, and thought I'd better get it checked out, yeah. get a massage or something. Yeah. And um, I had a shower, went downstairs, sat down to do some paperwork, and then it really happened. I yeah. sat down, and then I just got this crushing pain in my chest, just like. Um, it felt like like someone was sitting on me and I couldn't yeah. get off and I was pinned down. I was crushing. Yeah, right. And really intense pain. And and I, I had this cold sweat and I felt really sick, like nausea, like I've never felt before. Yeah. And I had this pain just running down my left shoulder blade, right down my arm. Yeah. And... Um, I've never felt like that before and I didn't know what was happening to me and it was quite yeah. scary. So you didn't know it was a heart attack yet? No, yeah. I didn't know the symptoms. Yeah. And um, so I rang my wife and she said, um, uh, and said to her, look, you know, something's wrong. Um, can you take me to the hospital? And she said to me, oh, Adam, don't worry, you're just having a heart attack. <laughs> but <laughs> not a heart yeah. attack. Don't worry, Adam, you're just having a panic attack, yeah, she said sorry. to me. Not, <laughs> yeah, Freudian slip there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, <laughs> she... Um, Anyway, so she said, um, I said to her, no, something's really wrong. Can, yeah. you, um, uh, can you take me to the hospital? And she said, look, I'm, I'll be home in 30 minutes. So we'll go to the hospital or yeah. go to the doctors. She took me to the, um, she, she said, look, I'm, um, I got off the phone from her and I said, and I thought to myself, I said to myself, um, look, something's really wrong I'm not right so I rang my yeah. mother-in-law who lived down the road yeah. and she came and picked me up and took me to the hospital okay. and then I got to the hospital and I walked in and they rushed me straight into a bed yeah. and they put all these gadgets on me stuck needles in me took all yeah. this blood and then they came back sometime later I don't know exactly how many minutes but yeah. they came back and said Adam you've had a heart attack and I yeah, right. said to them, you've got to be kidding. Yeah. I can't have a heart attack. I'm a vegetarian. I've been a vegetarian <laughs> like for 30 years, yeah. 20 years. You know, how, how can a vegetarian have heart yeah, attacks? They're not rude, meant to. Yeah, that's a rude shock. Then. It was. Yeah. And I was only 39 as well. So I thought, yeah. you know, how can this happen? It was a rude shock and scary. I didn't know what to make Absolutely. of it. Absolutely. That would, yeah, to think that you're someone that's got no risk of a heart attack. To suddenly having one, and, yeah, you know, just uh, just being out surfing in the morning, you're a healthy guy, <laughs> or you probably think you're a healthy guy anyway, you know. Well, that's an interesting yeah. point. I did think I was a healthy guy, yeah. even though I was big, and I look back at the before, you know, my before photos, yeah, and I can't believe how big I was because in my mind, I actually thought I was still, you know, um, I felt I was in shape, I felt yeah. I was good, I thought I was a strong vegetarian, yeah, so I'm yeah. big, but I, and I, I thought I was full of muscle, yeah, but no, I wasn't. <laughs> I can relate to that too, because, you know, I grew up uh, as a, I was an elite junior long distance kayaker, and, you know, once I finished with that, then I, I played local footy, and, you know, I was always a little bit overweight, but I was an athlete, and that idea that I was an athlete sort of never left me, even though I clearly was not anything close to an athlete. You know, a year a year and a bit ago, 
I still would tell myself that I was. <laughs> uh, was a, I know, yeah. and you believe it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, that sometime, sometime or another, you just got to accept that oh, I used to be an athlete, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I can relate to yeah, it too. Yeah. It's like, and I was really active when I was young. I used to like rugby league and yeah. I was cricket and everything sporting I was into. Yeah. Um, and when you and I just loved to run when I was younger as yeah. well that was oh, a, cool. a cool thing but when you get older you um get into you know work and it sort of takes over yeah it was really I put on most of the way when I became vegetarian <coughs> when I became vegetarian in uh, I was 21 when I All became right. vegetarian um but it wasn't I was very healthy vegetarian yeah. I was in good shape yeah up until um, I turned 30 and yeah. then I started to put on weight because I was working a lot, seven days a week, long yeah. hours, always yeah. in the car. My car was my office and I'd be pulling into service stations and going grabbing bottles of Coke and chips yeah. and chocolate bars. It's all vegetarian, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and I just put on all this weight, you know, yeah. and I love to eat. Yeah. And it's interesting, I, you know, I've heard a few of your podcasts and your vlogs and and it's really interesting about the emotional eating. And yeah. I was in a situation where I wasn't satisfied in my yeah. work and how my life was. And it wasn't the picture I had for myself at yeah. that point in time. And um, during that time, I put on a lot of weight um, because I was trying to cover up this emotion that was trying to surface and yeah. I didn't want to look at that emotion yeah, yeah, and deal with that emotion. Exactly. Yeah. I, I can totally relate to that too. It's like, you know, you, if you, it's, it's hard. It's, I don't blame you for it because it's hard dealing with these negative emotions or these, you know, whatever issues are going on in your life. It, it's hard to face them and, you know, stare them down, so to speak. And, you know, it's hard to work through this stuff and it's so much easier to have a, box of ice cream and you know <laughs> totally. whole box did you yeah. used to sit there and just oh, eat absolutely. a whole box in front of the tv yeah, yeah. watching a movie yeah, yeah every no, night yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Me but, too. you know that's it, it's it's easy that's the easy way out isn't it and you know it doesn't actually fix anything but you don't think that at the time you think jesus ice cream is good i'm glad i don't have to think about that shit day i had yeah you know? <laughs> yeah i yeah. feel you i know exactly yeah. how that feels <laughs> And and I used to I don't know about you but pizza was my thing as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I was big big pizza. Well, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, two big pizzas, vegetarian pizzas, full of cheese, and yeah. I would go through two a night. You know, it's like yeah, yeah, doing definitely. that two or three nights a week. Yeah, I would have had a large pizza to myself and probably a liter of ice cream and a liter of coke to go with it as well. <laughs> Join the club, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> High five across the table yeah, there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, those were the days. No, no, I <laughs> no. I'm really glad they're gone. Yeah. Now, because yeah. it led to a heart attack for me yeah you know that's where it ended yeah, up yeah um but um i had you know let's come back to the heart attack yeah so they t they told me i had a heart attack they airlifted me from shellhaven hospital on the south coast of new yeah. south wales to sydney and to do an angiogram and when they had the did the angiogram they discovered that the inside wall of my artery had torn yeah and this little flap was hanging off the inside wall okay. and then a blood clot happened to try and heal that tear uh, okay. and that stopped the blood flow 
and that little tear had started to happen where just where plaque was building up underneath the yeah. artery wall. And apparently most heart attacks happen at that early stage of park buildup. If you yeah. watch Forks Over Knives, Caldwell Esselstein explains it in there. Yeah. And that's how a lot of heart attacks happen. And that's why you see really fit guys getting these heart attacks. Yeah, you often hear about, um, yeah, who was the guy? It was a long time ago now. Crazy John, the uh, telephone oh, yeah, company yeah. guy. Yeah, he, I'm, I'm about to, I'm not, not trying to make light of it, but he was... <laughs> You know, big successful businessman, fit-looking guy, and out for a walk one morning and just dropped dead of a heart attack. And like, seemingly nothing was wrong with him. He was in good health. And uh, yeah, I, I imagine it was something along the similar lines to what happened to you. That you yeah, know, exactly. Yeah. You had no idea it was coming. And yeah. I've I've heard of you know triathletes and other athletes yeah. who are super fit on top of their game look like amazing. Yeah. You know, really super fit guys and. They'll be on their ride and they have a heart attack. Yeah. And Corbell has seen, um, I'm pretty sure if I watch it again, so um, it's he, he says that once you get past that time, if you don't have a heart attack in those early stages, it's a long time yeah, okay. before you have a heart attack when the plaque starts to build up and block yeah. the arteries. Um, and then, you know, that's when you're in your 60s and yeah, 70s okay. where it happens. So. I was sort of um, pretty unfortunate it happened, but I'm very fortunate that I'm still alive because not many say, people... It depends which way you look at it, you know. If yeah. you didn't have that, you know, obviously no one wants to have a heart attack, but if you didn't have that heart attack, you know, what what road would you have gone down, you know? That was, mm. that was a life-changing thing for you. Mm. And, uh, you know, maybe you would have just continued on down the road if if you didn't if that didn't happen so you know 2020 hindsight perhaps it was a good thing that you had the heart attack well it was a good thing yeah. because you know i'm really happy you yeah. know i haven't like i've never been this happy like i've come to a point in my life where um yeah all of a sudden gratitude is one of my daily routines and yeah. i'm just so grateful to yeah, be here that's that's and a really good attitude yeah yeah and it feels good and yeah, it's been a lot of work t- yeah. to get to that point. You know, um, there's a lot of things you have to cope with mentally and yeah. overcome those. And in actual fact, my whole life has been a bit of a roller coaster. I remember yeah. even as a kid, I was always searching for something. Yeah. I, I didn't um, know. I just always felt uncomfortable in my skin. You yeah. know, I always felt uncomfortable around people, uh, even though I'm quite gregarious now and, yeah. um, you know, I love to talk and yeah. um but I'm actually an introvert. Yeah. But I've learned how to do that and even being a um when I'm out there in the extrovert Adam, yeah. I have to retreat and go into a cave yeah. and to recharge because yeah, it drains I'm the, me. I'm the same, yeah. yeah. I do I didn't before, but now that I've sort of been forced to get used to being out and talking to people and uh you know, a bit like you, you get up on stage and you you bear your soul to a room full of strangers it's a hard thing to do and i do enjoy it now but yeah like you i need to uh have my time to you know go for a run by myself or a ride or you know have some alone time to recharge i think that's a common introvert kind of thing it is it definitely is and that's just the introvert trait and that's okay Mm. and you learn to accept that yeah yeah um, and, you know, I, as a kid, I was really shy. I used to hide behind my mum's leg when oh, yeah. she'd be talking <laughs> to something. I was just was so shy. Yeah. And, um, but, um, yeah, as a kid, I was always thinking there's got to be more to, 
always asking the big questions. Why yeah. are we here? Yeah. Where do we come from? What is it all about? Yeah. As a kid growing up, yeah. I never shared that with anybody until now, actually. But oh, I was. Um, that's a privilege. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you make people feel really comfortable. Oh, thanks. So thank you. <laughs> um, and so I, um, yeah, and that that actually led to a lot of my change happened when I was twenty-one. And actually, yeah. the biggest change happened on my 21st birthday. Yeah. And that was when you said you went vegetarian to yeah. when you were 21. And yeah. What led to that then? What, what made you... Well, on my 21st... First, I used to... When I was young, I, I started drinking when I was 12 years old. Right. I'm actually an alcoholic. Okay. Yeah. And I can't have a drink. Yeah. Um, otherwise, I'm... Um, I can't control it. I have yeah. one and I can't stop. And yeah. if I keep drinking, I will... Um, when I was younger, I would end up in a fight every yeah. time. Yeah, okay. And, I, uh, and it's not very nice. Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, yeah, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Actually, that's, um, that makes me quite nervous talking about that. But yeah. that, well, it's the truth. About it. that's okay. No, but yeah. I'm happy to share it. Yeah. Um, so I'm actually an alcoholic. And, um, but I drank, started drinking when I was 12, been drinking yeah. every weekend with my mates. But on my 21st birthday, I had this massive big party at my yep. mum and dad's. We had a small acreage where I grew up and yep. all my mates. And it was a big, big... I never really took... I never took drugs, really, anything. It was just alcohol, what I was into. Yeah. And um, anyway, I was wasted this night. And I had... Um, I was in a relationship and I told her to leave that night. Yeah. And, um, and then... And she did. Um, and I was regretful for it saying yeah. it and that put me into a bit of a spin so for the next yeah. three months i was just perpetually drunk yeah. i'd wake up in the morning drinking i'd go to bed after midnight drinking yeah and i just lived off t-bone steaks <laughs> and chili sauce and chips <laughs> and beer yeah and as a result Heavy, yeah. yeah i put on a lot of weight and i remember sitting in a pub one night three months later in the corner all by myself drinking yeah. schooners of beer looking around and being so paranoid that every person in that room was looking at me yeah. and talking about me. And I just got weird and I left and I thought to myself, if I'd, I'm either going to die tonight and if I don't die, I'm going to change yeah. my life. And um, so I, I didn't commit suicide <laughs> um, and I woke up in the morning yeah. <laughs> And <clears throat> I woke up my mind and said, that's it. And then yeah. someone had told me about a book, You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. Okay. And I went the ne- that day and went and bought that book. But my self-esteem was so low at that point, I couldn't walk into the shop. To, yeah. to, this was too embarrassed for the title, You Can uh, Heal okay, Your Life. There's yeah. something wrong with yeah. my life. So I walked into the shop and... Um, it t- I went past five or six times past the shop and I said, yeah. no, I have to do this. And I walked yeah. straight in and I went to the thing, bought it and brought it back to the counter and put it face down. <laughs> 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 Just scan the barcode and yeah, let, me let me out of here. <laughs> and anyway, <laughs> I yeah. went home and I took a month off work and I was a chef at the time. I'm actually yeah. a qualified chef. And okay. Yeah, yeah, and I went through, uh, I went through the, all the programs in there and all the exercises and she talked about Working on your body, your mind, and your spirit. Yeah. And I thought, well, the body's out of shape. Yeah. I'm going to work on that yeah, first. Yeah, three months of drinking and chips <laughs> and T-bone steaks yeah, will do it, that. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. I went and saw a naturopath and I said, look, I'm looking at this book. 
you know, um, Louise Hay, working on buying money and spirit, can you help yeah. me with my body? I'm going to do the affirmations and work on the yeah. mind with her and I'll get to the spiritual stuff later. And yeah. so she got me started and I started feeling good and it was all more plant-based food and I started yeah. reading books on vegetarianism and etc. And I came across yeah. Anthony Robbins at the time and he was vegetarian okay. and da 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 So I jumped into the vegetarian thing almost immediately. Yeah. And I got lost a lot of weight quickly. I felt great, all this energy. And then I started working on the mind with all the affirmations that she talks about, and that yeah. was helping me with my mindset. Well, can you talk us through that process a little bit? Like affirmations. affirmations. Yeah, I, you know, that's something that, uh, you know, the, the mind is a, a big area of interest for me. And, uh, yeah, so I want to, I, I enjoy hearing about what other people do to uh, improve. Yeah the way their mind works okay well she takes you through a series of exercises and it actually with her work it's get it, she takes you to a point where you realize it's all it's just your internal um affirmation that i'm not good enough yeah i'm just not good enough and yeah. it, she gets you to that point where you realize that that's what's controlling everything yeah. that i feel like i'm not good enough yeah and then she gives you affirmations she's all about how the um physical illness starts with a thought yeah okay. and then she takes you through certain exercises and she's actually got scripts where you've got this illness you've got this pain somewhere there's a thought that's creating that yeah and then she's got a corresponding um there's a thought pattern that you've got which is a negative one that's creating yeah. that and then you add you can switch that thought pattern with yeah. a po- an empowering affirmation yeah. that will reprogram the mind and then that stop that thought from manifesting. Yeah, that's cool. That that's illness. interesting. Is it, that's something that I worked on myself uh, when I first started making my big changes, and you know now that I'm working with other people as well, it's a similar thing. It's, it's I don't call it affirmations or anything. I don't really have a name for it, but it's you know people when you're taking on a big challenge or trying to change something, there's these always these negative thoughts that I'm not good enough, I can't do that, or you know what if I fail, you know what if I fails or I've, that's a, a really big one for people you know I'm, I'm no good at this I'm going to fail I'm going to let people down or whatever and I try to I start obviously I started with myself but now I say to other people well, you got to start changing the way you're thinking and start you know when you find yourself thinking what if I fail what if this goes wrong what if what if what if start thinking about what if I succeed you know what if what if everything I do I'm trying to do works out then what you know let's exactly. get excited about the possibility <laughs> of success rather than you know trying to just be negative all the time about what if things go wrong well you know I, if things go wrong then nothing really you've just exactly the same thing that's happening now will still be happening but what if you succeed that's that's the big thing and it's you know? exciting when that happens yeah, yeah. when you shift that just one word yeah, yeah. just a different question in your yeah, mind yeah exactly and it creates hope yeah. <coughs> and you get excited about it. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, I recommend her book because, yeah. um, you know, if anyone's listening, grab it and go through the, her exercises yeah, and you I'll, learn all about affirmation a, in I'll, there. I'll try and find it and put a link in the, yeah. in the um, podcast page. So yeah. go and look it up. Yeah. So then, you know, that was all, I was becoming happier and I was starting to change and um, opportunities were coming my way and just yeah. everything was looking up and it was cool. And then I went to my naturopath and I said to her, look, I've gone through the body and the mind, everything's working. This is three or four months down the tracks. Yeah. I said, but, you know, I want to work on spirituality now. She talks yeah. about that and she gives different options around that. 
But I said yeah. to the nat- my naturopath, I said, look, I've just grown up as a Catholic and I went to Catholic schools and that's all I know about spirituality. Yeah what do you know? <laughs> yeah, and yeah. she said, Adam, there's a whole library in my reception area all on Eastern philosophy. Yeah. Pick a book, take it out, read it. And if you've got any questions about anything in there, I'm happy to talk you through it. So a book I pulled out was called Liberation of the Soul. And it was okay. based on a, um, a philosophy in India um, called Sharat, Sharat Shabad Yoga, okay. which is... Um, it's a yoga, it's a meditation yoga, yeah. which helps you come in contact with the soul. Yeah. Well, what they say is the soul, yeah. which is an energy that is flowing through you and I. It's the yeah. same energy. It's actually the energy that sustains every living thing. Yeah. And it teaches you how to come in contact that with that. Okay. And that energy um, manifests in light and sound. And yeah. then they teach you how to... Um, how to listen to that sound and follow that sound and light back to its source. Okay. Which is where you come from. It's pretty deep. Yeah, that is deep. Yeah. <laughs> but I got, I, it just grabbed me, you know, yeah. and um, um, so I explored that and I follow that philosophy to this day. And the principles yeah. of that philosophy are eat um, a, a vegetarian diet yeah. um, um, with no eggs and, and, uh, or, or even a vegan diet, yeah. um, and a um, live a moral life. Yeah. No drugs or alcohol because it affects the mind, yeah. and you can't steal the mind in meditation if you're yeah, under okay. influence yeah, of that. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. It takes over. You know, yeah. put some alcohol in there, and you'll go do things that would create bad karma. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, meditation, yoga, it's about keeping your mind still, isn't it? Yeah. You know. How can you keep your mind still? When, you can't when still. You, when, you, when you're drunk, yeah. That's just, right, yeah, it keeps yeah. going. <laughs> <laughs> you can't keep any part of you still, let alone your, That's <laughs> let alone right. your mind, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so, um, and then it's, um, and then, you know, a couple of hours meditation a day. A couple and, of hours? Yeah. <laughs> you still do that now? I still do that now. Really? Yeah. It, it, yeah it, wow. It takes, um, a, yeah, it's part of my daily routine. Yeah. Um, um, you used to get up at three in the morning and do yeah. it. Now it's more like five to yeah. seven thirty. You know, sometimes I've tried to get into meditation <laughs> yeah. many times, and I will again. <laughs> but uh, you know, I've, I've tried doing ten minutes a day, and even that is hard. It's very you know? hard. And I, I really love the idea of meditation. I love everything I've read about it, and talking to people like you. And I had a good conversation with James Aspie about meditation too. And yeah, it's really something that I, I want to get more into. It's just hard you know it's hard <laughs> well it is hard and yeah. when i first started meditating it was um i couldn't sit still for two seconds yeah and but it's, what's interesting is like um the good analogy people can't see this but i'll explain it to them yeah. I've, i'm holding a glass of water and if you can imagine the glass as the body yeah and the water inside being the mind so if yeah. you move this glass the mind keeps moving yeah and the purpose of meditation is to still the mind. Yeah. So as soon as you still the body, though, you put the glass down on the table and let it go. Yeah. What okay. happens to the I water? See. Yeah, yeah. What happens to the water? Yeah, well, gradually it becomes still. And to- slowly, bit by bit. I'm watching it now. There's some, a few little ripples and there's a little bit of a vibration on the top. And now it's just becoming 
Totally still. Still. So, yeah. so if you're still the body, That's a really the mind good will analogy. still. Yeah. yeah. The mind will still. So, but the beauty of me doing the meditation, it um, it helped me with my anxiety that I had, mm. and. And anyway, that's a big part of my life yeah, and it's always a, in my just life. keeping with that, you've just made me think because, um, you know, often when I've, uh, when I've been trying to get that meditation habit going and, uh, and I, for whatever reason, I've skipped a day and, uh, and I've always told myself, well, it's okay, you're going to go for a ride or go out in a kayak and that's sort of like active meditation which I believe active meditation is a, it's a cool thing. Oh, there's no yeah, doubt definitely. that there's something to it. But um, yeah, I haven't, you know, my, my, my body's not still, is it? So mm. yeah, the, my mind can be still, more still than normal, I guess, but it's never going to reach that stage mm. that, where your glass of water is now mm. unless I stop and sit. Yeah. yeah, and you know the beauty about stopping and, sit and sitting and becoming really still is that your intuition rises. Yeah. You start to get more intuitive about what foods you should eat yeah. and what foods make you feel good and yeah. what environment you're living in, how that affects you. And intuition with making decisions, you know, things come across and you just know that this is what I have to do and you yeah. trust it. You yeah. actually start to be aware of your intuition and you start to get a trust that, yeah, that that is because what happened to me in the past, yeah. I would things would come my way and I'd get confused and then I would be going, oh, should I do it? Shouldn't I do it? Should I do it? Shouldn't I do it? I'd be just going around in circles. I couldn't make a decision. But the more I meditated now, the more I know when it's, when I'd be given intuition and I try, I get a feeling in my body and I know where that feeling is. It's sort of in my, it's sort of down here and then into my gut, down my left side where my heart is from my heart and down in the heart. When I get that feeling, I go, okay, go, that's it. Go. And I've also learned when to test if it's intuition, don't act on it straight away. Yeah, okay. Leave it a day. Yeah. And if it's still there, then leave it another day. And if it's still there, yeah. And leave it another day and let it go for two weeks. Yeah. And if it's still there, something will show up and it'll give it to you. Yeah. It'll hands it to you. Yeah. And then right. runs with it. It's um, important not to. Uh, it's important to act sometimes and intuition yeah, will tell yeah. you to act sometimes yeah. straight away and sometimes intuition will say, no, just hold off and test it yeah. and see if it's right. So maybe, you know, your thoughts about, uh, you know, should I do it, shouldn't I do it, should I, you know, it's, it comes from, you know, you're having a, some sort of internal debate going on. There's reasons why you shouldn't, reasons why you should. Do you find that, um, that you know, meditation and being more aware of your thoughts allows you to tell which of the which side of the debate is bullshit basically you just you can you know maybe you quiet the debate yeah quickly yeah. rather than rather than listening to both sides you can easily pick up on you know yeah. which, which side's trying to argue for something that's good for you and which side's not yeah you yeah. definitely do end up knowing the difference yeah and you don't question it anymore it's just the feeling you get and you go act on it now do yeah. the action yeah and just let it let it unfold yeah and sometimes that's scary yeah to take that action in that direction um but you just know it's going to work out yeah you know you know and it might not work out the way you think it's going to work out yeah um but it's something you that's the other thing that i've learned that meditation has helped me understand and that is that i've learned from it is that um you can't control the events in your life Mm, definitely but the only thing that you can have control over is your thought. 
yeah. and your attitude to what happens. Yeah. Something you might think that um, this is bad situation that's happened to you. Yeah. Um, or you might think it's a good thing that's happened to you, but the. Um, but the. And if it happens bad, people go, oh, you know, it's so terrible and so bad. But in actual fact, that could be the best thing that's ever happened to you. So you, yeah, you start well, your to... Yeah, your heart attack's a perfect example of that. Yeah. At the time, I'm sure you were devastated about it. But, yeah. you know, you can only really judge any situation with the benefit of hindsight. And if you try to judge it, you know, in the moment, then there's a good chance you're going to get your judgment wrong. That's and, right. And accepting... Yeah. Yeah. It's accepting the situation is that yeah. a thing, you know, accepting it as is, as it was meant to be that way. And then yeah. that once you accept, I find that it allows you then to yeah. um, move forward yeah. and go, okay, that's okay. And now we can move forward with yeah, more positive. Massive. For me, that was massive with my journey as well. Just accepting that, like I said, uh, I'm not an athlete. It's time to accept that. <laughs> I am not healthy. It's time to accept that. And a, and a big thing was that I had to accept that I couldn't be trusted with food. And I, you know, I've got to make some rules here and I don't do anything outside those rules because if I try to make a decision, it's probably going to be wrong. So just time to accept that and just deal with the situation. And yeah, yeah so I, I love the, your thoughts on, you know, acceptance as well. Just accept the situation and yeah. do something about it yeah yeah act and rather than rather than sitting and thinking and worrying and whatever do something yeah. exactly you know i i think last night in my talk i said you know action separates the doers from the talkers and things yeah. happen yeah yeah when I, you, I, you had that slide last night with the four squares and i i can't remember all the words that were in the squares but i, I that when you talked about action that really resonated with me you just reminded me of that part of your talk so, <laughs> yeah can we go do, yeah do you, you can, want me yeah, to yeah that'd be cool because that was that was one of my uh, yeah, one of my favorite bits of what you spoke about was that that four square. Anyway, you can explain it. I, I, I'm yeah, <laughs> so it's it's all about um, your beliefs, is what yeah. that little frame is about. So, what I one of the things that I worked on to recover. Actually, this is a good segue back into you know recovering from the yeah, heart attack yeah. to do an Ironman. But um, one of the uh, um, one of the things I worked on to recover from a heart from the heart attack was my beliefs about something and the reason why the beliefs came about uh, the thought about beliefs came about is because when after i got out of hospital i took the medications and um religiously i was given five yeah and then after a month you got to see a cardiologist yep. and the cardiologist said to me um i sat down with him and i said look i'm not feeling too good i'm really feeling flat my mojo's gone yeah and he said to me, um, well, Adam, it's some side effects, but you need to get used to it. It's going to be on these medications for the rest of your life. And I said, well, I don't want to be. I don't want to feel like this for the rest of my life. Yeah. And he said, well, it's your lot in life, so you need to get used to it. Yeah. And I went, in my head, I went, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. And I left there. I came and researched, and I came across, you know, forks over knives, plant-based yeah. diet. And I went on the plant-based diet. And forks over knives was a good thing to shift my belief system about yeah. what was possible because this little matrix that I have, it's like what I realized that our beliefs, what we believe about something affects the decisions that we make. Yeah. And the decisions that we make determine the action that we take. Yeah. And the action that we take determines the result. 
yeah. that we produce. Absolutely. And then our results yeah. reinforce our belief systems. Yeah. And this little sort of circle can go in two ways. If you have a limiting belief about something, let's say that you have a limiting belief that I'm going to be on medications for the rest of my life and heart disease can't be reversed, mm. then with that sort of belief, what sort of decision do you think you're going to make? Well, you're not going to make a decision to take some action to get off medications because you believe it can't happen, which means you're not going to take the action of mm. getting off medication, which reinforces <coughs> the belief that you... Yeah. Are going to be on these medications but the opposite is true yeah so if you have this belief look it is possible to get off medications yeah it yeah. is possible to go and do an ironman triathlon yeah, yeah. Tri uh, triathlon after you after a heart attack yeah and that you can lose all this weight and you can feel amazing if you had that sort of belief what sort of decision are you going to make yeah yeah you're going to make a decision it's to take some action to try and make it happen yeah and then you produce the result and then you that just reinforces the belief and yeah, you just get yeah. fitter and get healthier better and, better, and better, yeah. better at what yeah. you do. So so how do we change our beliefs then? Where, where does that come from? I guess it started with forks over knives for you. Yeah, so yeah. that's one of the things. It's, if you have a look at a, let's say a belief is like a tabletop. Yeah. And then you need legs under that table to hold it up. So beliefs sort of hold up the table. So you come across a reference like forks over knives, which shows yeah. other people had done it. That yep. gave me a belief, a reference that it could be done. There's one leg under the table. Yeah, okay. And then you come across somebody else or a bit of science or a bit of this. All these little references start to yeah. come to give you a belief that it can happen. It makes yeah. us, once you get four legs, the table's not, yeah. not going to rock. And yeah, you yeah. go, okay. It takes some effort though. You can't yeah. sit and wait for those beliefs to come to you. You've got to go looking for, looking for the information for yourself. And Yeah. Yeah. And there's very many techniques with um, to shift beliefs with, yeah. you know, that psychologists and psychiatrists and counsellors and things can help shift. Yeah. But, um, but it's important to work on shifting your beliefs. Yeah, so yeah. I shifted my belief with that, yeah. with the heart attack, and I thought oh, I can get off medications when I saw that. So and it's so not just a matter of, like, sitting in the mirror, like sitting in... Uh, sorry, standing in the bathroom, looking in the mirror and saying, I believe I can run a uh, do an Ironman triathlon. I believe it. If I believe it, I can achieve it. It's more, it's, let's go and find some evidence that it's possible more than, you know, just trying to talk yourself into it. Yeah, yeah. although that's still a good start. That's an affirmation. Yeah, yeah. Yep, I believe I can do an Ironman. I believe I can do a triathlon. I believe I can yep. get off medications because that's starting the new thought pattern, Yeah, which is shifting the belief. The thing is, if you keep saying that over and over again and not take any action, yeah, yeah, it's not going to happen. Exactly. That's what I was getting at. Yeah, yeah totally. The, yeah, you've, you've got to combine it with action. You know, nothing gets done unless you, you know, if nothing changes, nothing changes. If you're not, if you're going to sit around and talk about doing something without doing anything about it, then yeah, what's the point? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, what is the point? You're going to stay yeah. there in circles. It's like... Um, the secret. You've, have you heard of the secret? No. Uh, the secret's this thing about beliefs and manifesting yeah. things, and you know, it, um, the biggest. It's all about just say these affirmations over and over again, and it's going to yeah. magically happen. But it doesn't. You have to go take some action. Things only manifest when you take action. Yeah. And so I took some action. I started with a little thing called Couch to Five Ks, and I yeah. um, for exercise and. It's a little app, and I was, um, that got me moving. And then I changed my diet to a whole food plant-based diet. And within yep. six to 12 months, I was off all the medications. Yeah, right. And then um, 
And then I started to get fitter. My wife bought me a push bike. Yeah. And I started um, riding with the local um, bike shop Saturday morning ride. Yeah, okay. And then on that ride... group. So I used to oh, ride a bike. Did I you? don't have a bike anymore, but I, I did a few bike races a while back and uh, I used to love my Saturday, Sunday morning rides with the bike shop group. That was cool. Yeah, it yeah. is cool. You know, you do yeah. that, have coffee afterwards. Yeah, and yeah. So there was a bunch of guys there that were triathletes and yeah. some, one guy had done a Kona in Hawaii and another guy had done eight Ironman. And that's big to get to Kona. That's, you got to qualify for that, you got to qualify you? Yeah. for it, yeah. So um, one morning they said to me, Adam, we're, going, we're, we're thinking of doing an Ironman. Um, do you want to come and we're training. Do you want to come swim with us one morning? Yeah. And I had swimming was my sport when I was a kid. Yeah, I was in the pool every morning, you know, for a couple for an hour or two, and before yeah. school, I used to fall asleep in school because I was swimming <laughs> so much in the mornings. Yeah. But um, anyway, we my um, they asked me to go, and I said, yeah, I'd love to. Um, and so I joined those guys, and one of them was a GP, and yeah. I told him about my story of the heart attack, and he got yeah. really interested, and he and I became pretty good friends, and we yeah. used to ride together, just the two of us. Yeah, and one ride he said to me, he said, "Adam, you know it would be really cool to take you from MI myocardial infarction, which is a heart attack, yeah. to IM Iron Man." Yeah, and I went, <laughs> "What?" <laughs> and I said, "Do you really think that's possible?" And he said, "Yeah, I think we can do it." He said, "I'm a doctor. I've done eight yeah. Ironmans. I can coach you to do it. Yeah. If you want to do it, let's do it." I said, "Okay, I'm in. Let's do All it." Right? There's a change in belief right there. Yeah, changing belief. <laughs> yeah. And um, in actual fact, I've always dreamt of doing it. I used to see them on the TV and I thought, oh, I'd love to do that because yeah. I could never be fit enough to do that. Yeah, yeah. And it would, I don't like pain. <laughs> and I didn't want to, you know, I don't like pushing myself that hard. Yeah. So um, anyway, I was in and he trained me. And two years later, I crossed the finish line at Cairns Ironman in Queensland. And it was a pretty amazing yeah. moment and tears oh, afterwards I can imagine. And, yeah that's that's a a long way back from where you were to to mm. come to that point of crossing the finish line and iron man i imagine that was an emotional moment a very emotional moment and i can't thank john um who coached me enough to get me there john like, was the doctor yeah. yeah and you know he he actually um he for me, it was pretty special because yeah. he saw something in me um, that, that, that I didn't see. Yeah. And he helped me, um, you know, I, I owe him a lot because yeah. it wasn't the fact that I did an Ironman. It was yeah. the fact that committing to something and going through pain and, and challenge yeah. and, um, and wanting to quit yeah. and that whole process... Um, yeah. Which is required to, um, you know, create success in anything. Yeah, yeah. I'm um, getting tingles all over just hearing about this, man. <laughs> uh, he, um, yeah. um, and then, you know, for him, he did the Ironman with me. He came in right. um, a little bit before me. Yeah. And um, he was there at the finish line and he was there yeah. with the towel. Oh, yeah. And it was a pretty magic moment. Yeah, yeah. I'm crying, massive. but no, it was, no, it's, that's <laughs> it's pretty special. Great. Yeah, and, I'm, um, I'm, uh, I've, I've got a lump in my throat too, don't worry. <laughs> and, yeah. um, you know, John, if you ever listen to this, I just want to thank you um, yeah. for supporting me through that. It was yeah. very... Um, it's a, very an Ironman's a massive achievement for anyone, let alone coming from where you came from. So, yeah, just... There's, uh, 
why wouldn't you be emotional about it you know, yeah that's that's it's crazy just for me to think about uh yeah an Ironman is an inspiring thing for me too it's uh I've thought lots about running marathons and doing Ironmans and things like that and who knows maybe i'll have a go at one sometime maybe you can help me through it yeah i'll give you one tip now yeah <laughs> um download rich rolls um book on yeah. um Audi- audible yeah uh was it ultra, ultra finding ultra finding yeah, ultra yeah. and i was listening to that on my runs on oh, some yeah. of my long long yeah. runs in training yeah and it was enough to keep me inspired and keep yeah, moving okay. yeah, cool. <laughs> towards it <laughs> I know you've been on his podcast, but um, you know if you want to do an Ironman, yeah. I I found him really helpful. Yeah, okay. You know, he's, he's got a good story, and it was yeah, quite yeah. inspiring. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, it was good with John. And um, anyway, we yeah. how do we where will we? <laughs> yeah, no, right. so we've got it. We've just got a few minutes left. So yeah. what's what's going on in your life these days? And what what are you? Yeah. So these days, um, right right now, I've um, we've just started a. A, a new business with yep. um, uh, two mates of mine, and it's called Pineapple Crush. It's a um, it's an Asian inspired vegan salad noodle bowls. Okay. So it's this eatery. Yeah. And um, it's it's in Avalon on the northern beaches of Sydney. Yeah. And we hopefully will open one in Byron Just one Bay location soon. at the moment. At the moment, yeah. but yeah. we we see them opening everywhere. Yep. Um, we see it as the future of fast food yeah, because yeah. within five to ten, maximum ten minutes, you order yeah. the bowl, you have it, yeah. and it's amazing. These beautiful. Can you open bowls. one in Elwood where I live, please? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think so. We will do that. Um, someone down this way might be interested in opening one. <laughs> yeah. um, so I'm living in Byron Bay at the moment. Um, yep. I used to. I grew up in Berry on the south coast of New South Wales, and I yep. lived there all my life. And then. Um, Three years ago, one of my daughters wanted to go to the green school in Bali. Oh, yeah? And What's that? Uh, um, it's um, an environmental school. It's all yeah. about entrepreneurship. Um, yeah. But, um, well, in actual fact, what the green school is, the founder listened to um, Al Gore's, yeah. Al Gore's uh, Inconvenient Truth. Yeah. And he just sold his business in Bali, which is a big jewelry company. His name's yeah. John Hardy. Yeah. And and um, when he retired, he lo- looked at this and he said, someone needs to create a school that teaches kids to implement this. Yeah. And this message for the yeah. future. But he said it needs to be based on entrepreneurship because if, if it doesn't yeah. fund itself, no one's going to – these changes won't happen. Yeah. So it's all about creating new product that's sustainable. Yeah. And it's all about sustainability. So they teach these kids this. And one of my daughters oh, wanted could, to go there. Yeah, maybe I'll send my little boy there. That sounds like an awesome place. Yeah. yeah. So we spent three years in Bali. Both our kids went to green school yeah. on and off. Wow. and. Um, so we, um, anyway, we came back and we decided after living in Bali, um, you become a little bit more liberal, a bit more creative. Yeah. And when we came back to Berry, it's a bit more of a conservative, yeah. um, suburb and we love Berry and, you know, it's always be part of our things, but we decided to go to Byron Bay. Yeah. And you so could we, cho- you could choose a worse place than Byron <laughs> Bay. <yeah. laughs> so we're um, yeah. living in Byron now yeah. and, um, so we're doing that, and also I'm. Um, I want to share this message more yeah. that it's possible to um, reverse heart disease through a whole food, plant-based diet. So yeah. I've been doing that over the years with my chef yeah. background. I've been doing. We've been doing courses and workshops and teaching people how to cook the food. Right. And we've been talking, and we've got a little meal plan app that we started yeah. three or four years ago. Yeah. And it's. Um, I don't know if it still is number one on 
in iTunes. It's called yeah. I Feel Good. Yeah, okay. Yeah, right. so... Um, I'll put all the links to this stuff yeah. in on the web episode page on the website. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So that's what we're up to. So All right. Social you know, media stuff. Anyone, if people want to follow you? Uh, yeah. You it's any? I feel good. Yeah. Um, okay. I feel good.com.au is my website yeah. and you can get all the links where we're around yeah, okay. in there. Oh, cool. I'm not, I'm a little bit active, but I'm not that active. Yeah. And, um, but who knows, uh, might, it might start happening a bit yeah. more. Yeah. yeah cool. Things. Well, let's wrap it up. We got to get moving, but, uh, thanks for sharing that with me. Like I said, I didn't have a chance to research you properly before we started, but, uh, I'm happy with that conversation. You, you, I'm inspired and, uh, and you moved me. So, I hope uh, people have enjoyed the conversation and um, yeah, I, I don't know how to finish this. That was cool. <laughs> it was cool. I had a great time. Yeah, thanks, Thank mate. you High very much. And uh, <laughs> spot up, folks. <laughs> Cheers. Well, there it is. Adam Guthrie, the one and only. I feel drained. I feel tired after that. That was emotional. We went deep. I hope you enjoy it uh, as much as I did. I could, I could talk to Adam all day. That was... Uh, it was a really good experience and it really uh, motivated me to do more and be more. So I hope it did the same for you. If you're interested in finding out more about Adam, then check out his website, ifeelgood.com.au. Uh, you can find all sorts of information there about what he's doing with his time. And uh, you'll also find links to social media uh, accounts through there. And you can also check out the show notes at spudfit.com. And, uh, and find links to the various things that we talked about in there. Uh, thanks again to my wife, Mandy, for creating the theme music for the podcast. A little story about that, actually. We, were, we went to our local library to do some work and, uh, and we were in there working on getting the podcast published. And we needed some theme music and, uh, and we needed it now. We needed it fast. So I sent Mandy out to the car Mandy sat on, if anyone's from around Melbourne, Mandy just sat parked in the car on, uh, on Carlisle Street in St Kilda and recorded that theme music directly onto her iPad in the car with traffic around and, uh, and under pressure. And don't you think she did a great job? <laughs> uh, so go to Mandy's website, mandyvanzanen.com to find out more about her and her music. Also, don't forget to subscribe to my newsletter at spudfit.com and check out our book the diy spudfit challenge on amazon uh, thanks everyone for listening and hopefully i'll see you again next week spud up <laughs>